Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 12. We're talking about finishing our course. We'd like to welcome the Honorable Pastor Neff in our midst tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, Kimberly. Uh, And so um, Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, verse 1, we're talking about running our race. We're talking about finishing. How many know it's not enough to start? We all want to hear well done. Everybody say well done. done. Everybody wants to hear well done, right? And so well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Where do you hear that at? The judgment seat of Christ. Who's got to go there? Everyone who's born again. Everybody who's born again. Everybody who's born again. You're going to stand before the Lord. And you're going to get a reward based on your obedience on the earth. Praise the Lord. Don't look at me at that total voice. It's not my idea. I didn't write this. You're going to stand there. And you're not going to be able to give any excuses. Well, I didn't have time. You had a full life. Well, I had too many kids. Well, you asked me for them. <laughs> my career, my career, my career, my career. Well, you asked me for that too, says the Lord. So you got you to gotta understand that all those things are important, but he's got to be number one if you want to hear well done. And how are you going to hear well done? Well, it includes your daily life. It includes your career. It includes your job. That's you saying, Lord, whatever whatever you want me to do, whether it's my own business, whether it's uh, be an engineer, be be in the military, be a chef, uh, be, I always bring up the chef. I love the good chef. Hallelujah. Um, uh, You know, whatever it is. A stay-at-home dad, a stay-at-home mom. Whatever it is God has called you to do, you have to do it unto the Lord. Everything you do, do unto the Lord. That's where your reward comes from. Right? Everything about your life is important. How your marriage is important to God. Your family is important to God. But I'll tell you this. I don't believe the Lord would ask you to do anything that's going to hurt your marriage. Or your children. That's why I believe that right... You know, uh, your relationship with God is number one. But right under that, for me, is what he's asked you to do. Um, And that's, you know, how I try to live my life. Because what he asked me to do, I have to believe that it really, if it's really from God. Because I've heard people say, well, you know, um, what you're doing for God is messing with your, with your spouse. It's messing with your children. It's taking time away from them. Then I don't know if that's them just trying to get away from something because I don't believe God would ever do anything to hurt you Amen. or your family. You know, uh, I don't know. We're just going to talk tonight, I guess. But, you know, um, we firmly, be- because God firmly believes this whole thing was created to have a family. Amen. Right? He wanted fellowship. He wanted a family. So much so he sent Jesus so you and I could be in the family. He didn't want servants anymore. He wanted family. And so if God is all about family, you serving him is not going to mess yours up. It's only going to enhance your family. Right? And so everything you do for the Lord is very important. What you do at church I know this is Wednesday night, so I know we have 100% participation in helps ministry here. I know everybody in this room is in helps ministry, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much. What was that? That was a statement of faith. Hallelujah. 
You know, all my pastor friends tell me to quit, quit, you know, not stressing because I don't stress. Well, I mean, uh, quit, um, quit. They're like, you're doing better than everybody. Well, better is not good enough because I really come at it from this perspective. If what you do for the Lord is part of you hearing, well done, good and faithful servant, I'm going to push you to do something for the Lord. Pastor Mark is going to push you to obey. Because your eternity depends on it. And whatever it is. I've heard people say to me, well, the Lord told me to sit and soak. Fine, fine. See you Sunday morning, 9 and 11, we have soaker services. Sunday night, go to Bible Institute and sit and soak. I already graduated. Do it again. If you're supposed to sit and soak, do it again. <laughs> Tuesday at 11, we have healing school. If you can't be here, turn it on, watch it, sit and soak. Wednesday, you're here, right? So my point is, I'm not opposed to that. If that's what the Lord told you to do, then soak. But do it. Sunday morning, Every other, this is not for you all. This is for somebody out there. (laughs) Sunday morning, every other is not sitting and soaking. We have to serve. We have to do our part. Praise the Lord. Y'all good? Let me go back to psalming and hymning and spiritual songing. (laughs) Hallelujah. I think I'm getting ready for my pastor's conference. That's what this is because I can't give it to them with cotton candy. I don't have time. I have to give it to them, you know, with a knife and fork. We're going to chew it. We're going to do it. We're going to obey God. Plus, kind of some stuff he's dealing with me in my own life about. So, guess what? You get some of it too. Hallelujah. Uh, but, you know, it's important. So, we all going to, everybody say, I will. Here. Well done. Amen. I will. That's what I want to hear. So I have a journey. I have a course. It was given to you in your mother's womb before you did anything right or wrong. It's not up to you. It's, it's your discovery. It's not your, it's not, you don't get to decide what you do in your life. It's your discovery. Yet with God, it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever done because it's the highest and the best. And so I call that plan A. God always has a plan A. Well, I messed up plan A. Uh, well, if you repent, he'll get you back into a plan A. It may not be the original plan A, but it comes to plan A. Because it's God, and we don't understand how he does it, but it's always plan A. So you're not on plan, you know, D. You're on back. How does he do it? Well, the scenery may change. The people in the car may change, but it's a plan A. God has a way of after you repent and getting back on course. He, he, it's, it's, it's magnificent. It's amazing. It's glorious. That no matter, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you to mess up and get off course. Uh, but if you did, guess what? Good news is if you repented, God has a way to get you where you need to go so you can hear well done. Well done. Amen? Amen. So we've been talking about so many different things. I, I just really love talking on this subject because my heart as a pastor and as a minister to ministers is to help people get into their place so that they can hear well done, good and faithful servant. And, um, it is probably one of the main emphases of my life, and so I enjoy ministering on it. I enjoy watching people uh, uh, get into their place. I, watch, I love watching them fulfill their place. Sometimes I want to get people in a headlock when I know they're going the wrong direction and just beat on them a little bit and tell them, you know, uh, you know God's got something 
so good for you. And yet there are things in life that would try to get us off course. So now it's been up there a while. We're ready for Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Y'all believing with me? Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with such a great of cloud of witnesses, I believe that's the, the chapter 11 bunch and some of the people that have gone before us. Uh, they don't care what kind of car you drive. They don't care uh, about your job. But I do believe that spiritual things draw, draws a grandstand. And so I believe they're watching. And it says, besides that, God is watching. And he said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us that we may run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he's saying, you run your race, you got to lay aside the weight and the sin, and how do you do it? You look to Jesus, the author, he's the one that started in you, and he's the one that's going to finish it. How is it? You started in, in the spirit, you got to finish in the spirit, you can't complete your race in the flesh, and it says, for consider him, verse 3, consider him. So anytime I get weary in my well-doing, anytime I think it's too hard or he's asking too much, I know you've never thought the Lord's asking too much of you. Why can't I just be like everybody else? I'm talking to the Wednesday night bunch. Why, why, can't, why do you require this of me? Well, it probably has to do with your journey. It probably has to do with your call. It has probably to do with your, what you're supposed to do with the Lord. And so you can't compare yourself among yourself because that's foolish. So what God deals with you about, he may not deal uh, with others about. He may not even deal with your spouse about the same things that he's dealing with you about. And you can't put on what God is dealing with you about to other people. How do we get through the race that is a marathon that has all these twists and turns in it? We have to consider him. So the whole way, I've got to consider Jesus. I've got to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I've got to run with my eyes up on him. Because there are obstacles. And the funny thing about running with your eyes on him is you think as a person, if you run, you would want to have your eyes down here where you can see if there's an obstacle, where you can see if the sidewalk is, you know, has a root and it's up and you're going to trip over it. But Jesus says in the spirit, in order to run correctly, you're going to have to have your eyes on him. And when your eyes are on him, you are going to run correctly down here on the earth. You're not going to be able to run as you try to do it in the natural. You see, if your business is a Holy Ghost business, then you're going to have to make business decisions based on the commander-in-chief, the CEO of your company, Jesus. You're going to have to look to him. You're not, you're not, it's not wrong to look at statistics. It's not wrong to look at, I don't know who I'm talking to, as businesses, how it is, how it goes. But ultimately, if, you, if that, that is part of your race, a businessman, a businesswoman, your career, you can't be looking at everything around you where other people make decisions. Your decisions are being by, I'm running my race with you, and this is part of my race. And so one of the things that, and I've told you this over and over again, that wearies me a little bit is this subject is only preached to ministers. Because, you know, of course, we want them to obey, right? But that's about 5% of the body of Christ or less. So the 95% of you all get off scot-free? I don't think so. You have to obey God too. 
You have to run your race too. And if you do, there's so much joy in it. There's so much peace in it. There's so much reward in it. My goodness, I am not, I, I, I'm just everywhere. But I think about some of the people that impacted me the most in my life. You know, a lot of people say, Pastor Mark, who impacted you the most? Everybody's going to say, well, Brother Hagen, Pastor Hagen. I had a spiritual mother who was a minister. Her name was Nancy Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also had some people. I had a, a Susie who worked with me at Backracks and prayed for me. And when I was staying too long and afraid to jump out in ministry, one of the best days of my life, this little girl, she, she was older than me, of course, and she had a jet black hair. We'll just say it was real. And, uh, and uh, man, the woman could dress too. I mean, she looked like she's coming out of a magazine every day. She had the coolest little red nails. So I, I like Pastor Rhonda's nails painted. Susie had her little red nails painted. And she was funny, and she was spiritual, and she was strong. And I'll never forget the day. That by the Spirit of God, she walked in to Back Racks in Terre Haute, Indiana. She put her little red fingernail in my face. And she said, the Lord says it's time for you to get out of here. She wasn't a prophet. She didn't claim to be a prophet. She wasn't a prophet. She's just somebody who loved me. Does she have a reward? I might not be here if I hadn't listened to Susie. Didn't go to Bible school. Really didn't even go to a spirit-filled church. She was a Holy Ghost woman. Oh, I, I, ha, I, have, I have a lot of those kind of people in my life who weren't ministers, but they were running their race, and it affected my race. They were just doing their race. Goodness, walking down memory lane a little bit, but it'll help you. You know, um, when I worked at McDonald's, uh, a young a guy, his name was Greg. He was the best man in our wedding, and he's a, a Pentecostal pastor today. But uh, he was really became one of my best friends. He was two or three years older than me, and uh, um, his so his family became like a second family to me. And uh, they're not called, uh, he was the only one called in ministry, but they're ministry, they love Jesus. I'm talking about running your race, looking to Jesus and how it's important. I think about people who were not in the ministry, who affected my life, and without them, I don't know if I'd be here. Everybody always talks about the ministers, and that's great. I hope I influence your life. We, Pastor Ron and I, we hope we help you. But everybody in the room is important. You're important to somebody. Without you. As a leader in this body, I mean, they're important. They may never preach. They may never teach. Some of them do some side preaching and teaching, you know, different. But I, I was thinking about that. I'm thinking about this family. I wasn't thinking about this family all day, but I wasn't thinking about them. But I was really messed up. 
really struggling with my identity. Uh, I was a fat little kid, didn't have any friends, and didn't think highly of myself. I loathed myself. My mom doesn't like to hear this stuff. I loathed myself. I hated me. I didn't want to be me. Grew up in church. I got born again at 12. My mamma was very spiritual. I'm trying to help somebody in this room. I need you to quit thinking you don't count. I need you to quit thinking. The Holy Ghost, not me. This is not my plan tonight. I got a really good sermon over there. You got to quit it. Somebody's destiny may depend on you fulfilling yours. Now, God can use anybody if you decide not to do it. But it's a whole lot of fun. And these people that have helped me, whether they know it or not, I think they're going to get some credit. <laughs> no, I don't think. I know they're going to get some credit. So this family became like a second family to me. And I think they could see my heart and um, my struggling and Karen. Bless her heart. She's the only person besides my mamaw that can call me Marky. Nobody else is allowed. Don't even try it. Um, I hate that. But she called me Marky. And I don't know. Every time I walk in the room, she would go sit at the piano. Because I was stressed. As a freshman in high school, um, I don't mean to be crude, but I had diarrhea for almost a year before I told anyone. I passed out. What was it? It was stress. It was stress. I didn't like me. Didn't want to be me. I'm telling you this for a reason. I don't, I don't do this very often. Some of you have been around here a long time. You know, I, I don't do this very often. Some, there's some people on your future road that if some of you don't grab a hold, there, there, there's some people out there that you've got to get to. And you've got to start by thinking you're important. It's not all about ministers. It's about you. And so I go to this place, and um, when I was a little boy, very first song I ever th- sang publicly was uh, How Great Thou Art and uh, uh, some other songs. And I don't know, I never told her that, but it's always like she always sat down and began to play the ones that I used to sing. And she goes, come over here, Marky. Let's sing together. And I wasn't very good because my voice was changing, and she, she sang some harmony. And then before long, you know, sometimes the whole family would be joined in. We'd have a little church service while I'm backslidden away from God. Didn't want God. Really kind of mad at him. Really kind of mad at him. But because of their walk, and then, too, they followed this dude named Copeland, and they began to push some things at me <laughs> that helped me get to Rhema, that helped me fulfill my destiny. The Lord, even in that, it's, just, it's interesting because of some things the Lord spoke to me, and he told me it wouldn't come to pass unless I went to Rhema. Unless I went to Rhema. That's mine. You, you can't copy that. Maybe that's, your job is to go to, your, your thing is to go to Bible Institute. Or whatever it is. Your job is to come to church. Whatever it is. I'm just telling you that there's people like you. That there's marks out there. 
that you need to reach. But they may not be 20. They may be 50 and work next to you in a cubicle. They may be a customer, a client. They may be uh, when you're at the, the ballerina, the ballet, uh, whatever your girls do or whatever. Or, you, know, uh, you know, they may, what? Dance recital. They, they may be more comfortable with the football game. You know, maybe they're at the football game. And they're sitting next to you. You don't know. You don't know. This is not what I plan on talking about tonight. But it's important. I am forever grateful. Makes me want to close the service and go call them. Some of them I can't call anymore. Just the people who influence you. And they're you kind of people. They're you kind of people. They're you. That you run in your race. That you obey in God. But you've got to be in your place in order to affect the people you're supposed to affect. It's a makamangi chafeneya chufe bati. Jingdo frahansi mangrachi. Jento mrahan kipai. Vosto nombre vidikiste bakalangi. Gesto lubrese. And so as you run your race, as you walk with me, there are choices to be made. There are destinies to be achieved. And as daily you walk with me and decide to follow me and hearken to my voice and choose daily and choose moment by moment to obey me, I will make your life count. Hallelujah. 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 You know, what is it? Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, I believe. Throw me, throw me up. Deuteronomy 30. Well, let me look. We'll throw it up. Yes, that's the one. It's all about Choosing, You know, sometimes in my life, I have to choose second by second. Sometimes it's minute. Sometimes it's, it can just be a day. Sometimes it could just be a week. But sometimes in life, it's continual choices. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose. Everybody say choose. See, I want you to choose tonight, not me. The Holy Ghost wants you to choose tonight to do it his way because he's got a great life plan for you. And that great life affects a lot of people around you. And some of you need to let go of some hurt. Some of you need to let go of some pain. Some of you need to let go of the past. Quit looking behind. We talked about that already. And you've got to just decide, you know what? If I make some people mad along the way, they'll have to know my heart because I'm just going to obey God. I don't care who's looking. I don't care who's not looking. I don't care what position I have. I don't care if anybody knows my name. I'm just going to obey God. But you've got to make a choice. You've got to choose. You've got to choose to do it God's way. I'm just going to choose. I've been praying out some things. Um, it's been a while. I, I, it's been a while. But I found myself, I think we were in the AIM building, so it was a few months ago, maybe me last year at the end of COVID. I found myself screaming, I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. 
Because he said, he said, you know, choose. He's even saying that to the body of Christ as a whole, choose. So we're choosing, right? Everybody say, I choose Jesus. So I'm gonna, I choose to obey him. I choose to follow him. I, few, I, I, I choose to walk with him. Come on. One of the greatest things you can ever do is just walk with God. Come on. Let me sing to you. I walk. No, I, I'm not going to do it. And he walked. No, man, I'm going to do it. And so uh, call Ted. Ted, get over here and sing. No. Um, hallelujah. But the truth is, it's a daily choice whether to do it God's way or to do it your way. Amen. Glory to God. What were we doing? We were reading in Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, let's see if we can. I got a great message right here. Let's see if we want to do it. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin. One of the biggest things that you have to do in your life, I'm not going to get to it. One of the biggest things you're going to have to do in your life is it's, it's choosing every day. You know, that's not hard to choose. Sometimes what will keep you from choosing is what other people think about you. That was really one of my biggest pro- I don't I, that was really one of my biggest problems. And I thought God funny when he called me to pastor and set me up in front of people. Oh, what a place to be criticized. And then with the advent of that social media stuff and 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 the Yelp and the Google and, and the four stars, five stars. And the negative things people say about you and you want to answer back. And some of them are so mean. <laughs> and then you got to just decide it doesn't matter. We're going to do it his way. But you see, I, I think I've, got, I've gotten there, but have you gotten there? But you have, you have to decide, but I'm talking for God, doing the things of God, speaking what God wants you to speak, doing what God wants you to do. I'm not just talking about your personality real strong and, yeah, I don't care what nobody thinks of me. No, it's not that. It's not that. Because that can be arrogance. Um, I'm talking about I'm going to obey God. Um, let the haters hate. <clears throat> right? And we're going to just shake it off. Oh, a little Taylor Swift for you. Hallelujah. I heard an amen from somewhere. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't think it messed up the anointing. Hallelujah. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12. So you just got to decide. I remember, uh, I don't even know why I walk over here. Um, I, I, you know, um, I remember when I came down here and the Lord called me to pastor. And uh, I, w- I was at the time, I was the office manager slash secretary. It was just me and him, but I called myself the office manager uh, for Pastor Knight in Paris, and uh, uh, the Lord uses him a lot, and really in the prophet's office, and uh, he, he prophesied to me. He said, your head is going to have to be, it's scriptural, going to have to be hard like flint, because it was, you know, I did care what everybody thought. Why am I sharing all this with you? Because somebody is destined to reach somebody's. And you got to quit caring what everybody thinks about you. And you just got to obey God. 
You just got to obey God. Will you obey God? Will you obey God? Will you obey God? I'm not talking about leaving your husband or wife. I'm not talking about abandoning your children. I'm talking about you doing whatever it takes to obey God. It's about choosing. Everybody say, I choose Jesus. Ooh, I choose the course he has for my life. Amen. I'm going to let things go, and I'm going to move on. Well, let's, can we just start this one, Holy Ghost? you want to start it or not? Hallelujah. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. So, talking about finishing our course, we've got to make good choices. And then we have to do what? One of the bigger things, besides, right after choices, that will get you and I off our course, we'll, just go with, we'll go with the big one first. Sin. Sin. And do you know sin is still a New Testament topic? Do you know that sin is something that the, the Scripture talks about? Um, I know in modern church today, they just say everything is going to work all right, out all right. You be who you want to be. You do this. You do that. But that's really not scriptural because, you know, you get people say, well, I just believe. Well, number one, that's their biggest problem is they just believe something. What they ought to say is the, the word of God says you and I don't have a right to believe whatever we want to believe. I can believe whatever I want, preacher. Yeah, you can, but doesn't make you believing what the Bible says. You believe whatever you want to believe, you can, you can end up really messed up. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're going to do what? Well, we're going to get rid of sin. Hallelujah. And so um, the Bible talks about this quite a bit. And uh, it tells you don't like it? Hallelujah. Um, and so somebody, I don't like this anymore. I want to shut it off. Uh, did you? Belinda, did you do it again? You just did it again. Belinda's shaking her head. No. So, um, <laughs> so I'm going to just, I'm going to give you the overview. And then uh, when I get back from Chile, we'll, we'll dig in real good. Can you all believe with me for that? I believe you got what you, I, you, got what you needed. You got what you needed. There's, there was a few of you in here. I, I wish I wish he'd let me go down the line and put my hands on you and I'd tell you who you are. I can, I can kind of point you out. But there's some things. There's some people. There's some things ahead of you that if you'll just obey him and just run your race and kind of put blinders on to everything else going on, but just look to Jesus, the author and finish your faith. There's some things that will satisfy you like nothing that satisfied you in a very long time. As a matter of fact, I'm talking to someone who you've been very dissatisfied. You love the Lord with all of your heart. You want to obey him. But you're going to have to put blinders on looking to Jesus and just find out what he wants and just do it. And um, quit worrying about the chatter. Quit worrying about the, the, you know, what someone might have to say about it. Because they're not going to be there when you stand before the Lord. They're just not. And you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's easy for you to say. Oh, no, that's not easy for me to say. I just told you about my life. But the grace of God is sufficient. I said the grace of God is sufficient. I do not do anything I do without the grace of God. 
I would, uh, you know, that, where they ever say, um, you ever see those things where they do something, they say, don't try this at home? I would say, for me, I would not try this unless this was Holy Ghost ordained, this was my call, my place, my city that the Lord sent me to, my, what, I wouldn't go to Chile, I wouldn't go to India, I wouldn't do anything, and devil, you're not going to shut me up, I, whatever you're trying to do back there to that soundboard, I don't really care, and so, um, Pate, is that you back there, Where? oh, you're right there, it's not you, hallelujah, um, so I'm just saying that I do it all by grace, and I am very aware of it. This is not natural talent. This is not natural charisma because I'm very much not a charismatic person. I am very not much a people person. People think sometimes I'm rude and stuck up. I'm not rude and stuck up. I'm afraid of you. I don't like, I'm always, you know, I've gotten over it so much. That, that, was, a, that was a bad confession. Keith Moore would just <laughs> slap me upside the head. But, um, uh, Brother Moore's not listening. That's okay. Uh, but but I, um, that's how I used to be. I'm not afraid of you now, but that's how I used to be. Every Sunday morning was miraculous. And then when I got down here, the Lord put me on TV. Very miraculous. I remember the first time Kevin and Ann Durant came, we were doing a, a telethon on this TV station that I was on. And they, they know me. And so when they saw me get up and just act like I've been doing it for 30 years, they were like, Annie said, what was that? I was like, that's called grace. That's grace. But I'm doing all this. The Holy Ghost is making me do all this tonight. Some of you have got stuff in you. You've got something in you. God put it there. Come on. Your little light. Put it under a bushel. No. Cornerstone Word of Life Church and the people of it are a city set on a hill. And you have a light and it's bright. And we have a city, a region to reach. We have people to get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and healed, and marriages to restore, physical bodies, miracles. But it's as much on you as it is on us. you got to do your part. I don't know the people you know. I don't work with the people you work with. I don't know your family. But you do, and God will use you right there. Come on, at least be like the woman at the well. Come on, come, come meet a man. And some of them believed it. And then others got in his presence and said, we, now we really believe it. What was all this? Well, this is called a um, buckshot service. That's where you load up a gun and there's like, there's like all these little pellets in it and it goes all different directions. This was definitely not a rifle tonight. Hallelujah. And if you don't like those things, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, they're just examples, all right? Amen. Praise the Lord. 